Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third panel conversation on sexual harassment. I'm Dennis Anderson, executive editor of the Journal Star. The pod, this podcast series is a result of the Journal Star's monthly community meetings with readers. At our October meeting, co- community coordinator Sherry Cannon asked us what the Journal Star had been reporting on involving the Me Too movement, which brings attention to the prevalence of sexual harassment and assault. At that point, we hadn't reported much on the issue at the local level. So the group talked about doing some podcasts on the issue. Last month, a group of Peoria women, including Sherry, and led by Bradley Professor Portia Adams, talked about, uh, in very frank and disturbing terms, about the experiences that they had involving sexual harassment. A week later, we had a panel of men talking about the issue. Over the last eight weeks, we've had a laundry list of men in prominent roles in, media, in the media, politics, and elsewhere who have been accused by women of sexual assault and harassment. And it likely played a role in the Alabama Senate race this week. Today, the Journal Star brings members of both panels together for a conversation on how we got here and what's next. Let me introduce our panel. We have Jesse McGowan. He's a community activist and he works with Peoria Public Schools. Mo Washburn, a college student and a musician. We have Sally McKee, who's a managing editor of the Journal Star. And Sherry Cannon, a community coordinator and who's active in in many groups. I'd like to start the conversation with Sherry. Last week, Sherry, when we, we talked at, at one of our meetings, you said you enjoyed the men's panel, but you thought the conversation was very subdued. What did you mean by that? I thought they were theoretical. I think the women were speaking from our emotions, our experiences, and our feelings. And the men kind of sound like they were just talking about just in theory, like, you know, they were so sanitized. And they was all such good guys, except Jesse was the only one that I felt truly that he really was kind of trying to, was, was raff, uh, you know, grappling with this whole idea of what really is sexual assault and, and harassment. But the other guys, I thought, was a little sanitized. Okay, that's fair. Mo, you were at the, you were on that panel. What, what did you, what, how would you respond to that? So, as Sherry said, and I, I, when I listened to the the women's panel, it was very emotional and very raw. And I think the majority of that, uh, what lends to that uh, emotionality of the panel and that discussion was the personal experiences that were shared and how each and every one of them and, and most all women, if not all women, can tap into uh, the, the, the sympathy and empathy in the vein that is sexual harassment and sexual assault and sexual misconduct and in various areas of life. However, me personally, myself, I've never experienced that in a negative way. Yes, I've, I've, I've been... Uh, 
I've been groped before as, as a musician. I've been groped before. I've been groped before as a bartender. But growing up as a man, that's not necessarily a negative thing. You go tell your guys that it's like, hey, I got groped. They're like, hey, man, good for you. Like, I'm proud of you. You know. So it's it's just a, a completely different perspective. So I I, I can't speak from. Uh, and even when those things happened, it wasn't. I didn't perceive it negatively mm-hmm. because in the society and the cultures that I've grown up in, it's a great thing for a guy. You know, a woman actually wants you. Yay! Yippee! So I think that's part of it. Let, let, let me, I'm going to bring this over to Jesse in a minute, but I, I just want to say in our meeting this morning in, in the newsroom, we were talking about this, and I, I brought this up to, to, to the men, but. You know, there, there's uh, there's some a couple of women or some women in our lives will come up and say, "I'm a hugger," and before you know it, you're enveloped in, in, in her arms, and then, and not every guy appreciates that all the time. Um, J- Jesse, uh, what what are, what are your thoughts on that? Is is there a do we need to have uh, well, some space there? That's part of the problem. I, mean, I don't have a problem with it myself, as, as Mo said to a man. Been wanted, you know. That's what that's that's part of that player's image, you know. You, hey, I'm the Mac Daddy, you know. So, <laughs> but it's different from a woman's point of view. Some women like to be hugged. That's a lady friend that I known for quite a few years, and we always hugged. And it wasn't until this this thing started talking about sexual harassment that she let me know that she didn't like being hugged. So, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that. What do you do as a man? You know, especially when you look when now as as it's becoming more aware because back in the day. Well, not really back in the day, a few years ago. I never thought nothing about calling a woman sweetheart or saying, you know, you got a nice, really, uh, you know, whatever. You know, it was, it was, to me, that was normal. Now, I'm afraid to even hit on a woman now, you know. <laughs> I mean, because, like I said, I've been single all my life. I mean, so, and I've been on a dating scene. What am I supposed to do if I see a nice looking lady? If I don't see a ring on her finger, you know, I'm ready to hit. <laughs> I have a question maybe for the men. This is Sally McKee from yeah. Do you think that because as a man, that's like a compliment that maybe to some men that they think women will think that too, that it's okay to say, hey, you are looking good or to give a little smack on the butt or whatever, that women like that too. Do you think that's a misconception? Because I can tell you and from Sherry too, I know very few women who haven't at some point been grabbed whatever and for the vast majority, it's just frightening, I think. I think it's just scary. You you don't, particularly if it's someone you don't know, a stranger, and it's very, very startling and very frightening, and obviously men seem to have a different reaction to that, and I'm wondering if that exacerbates the whole problem. Yes, undoubtedly. Uh, I think someone would be very naive to 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 think there's a huge there's there's a definitive wall between uh the man's perspective of that experience of being groped or, or say a girl comes up and grabs your butt and you think that's a great thing for you personally no but uh so say so to to men in, in culture and the society that can often the majority of the time be a positive thing that's a great thing yes so that's not a far cry for then me perceiving that as a great thing to go to, to then go and use that to communicate the same thing to a woman so i think undoubtedly that like as you said exacerbates the problem and it, it adds to and fuels that fire of that negative fire please so what if another man grabbed your butt <laughs> you got to fight on this. <laughs> you know, but, but I followed up on that. Now I don't. I, I don't. There's that locker room thing yeah. where there that yeah. has happened. Okay, it's, it's, so uh, I'll I'll respond to that and I, from 
in different scenarios, playing out different scenarios. So if a guy comes up and grabs my butt, and I know him, and we're cool, and he's been my buddy for a long time, it's whatever. If a guy comes up to me, slaps him on the butt, and he's drunk, and he whether and so and I think that's the few and that's the motivation or the causation behind him slapping my butt. It's another thing. I'm, I might be willing to excuse that. If a guy comes up to me who who would be sexually attracted to me and slaps you on slaps me on the butt. I'd like to think that me personally and my maturity as a human being, I'd be okay with, I would not be okay with that, excuse me, but I would be mature enough and have the presence of mind enough to say, hey, uh, assuming that I could somehow in some way know that he was homosexual, because you can't just, but assuming that it was already established, I would, I, I hope and I pray to God that I would have the, the presence of mind to say, hey, uh, that's, I'm just not cool with that. That's not okay with me, point blank, period. So. This is where I want you to put you put yourself at is how we as women view that. And and what we're talking about is you said a couple of things that that I totally agree with and Jesse, when you have a relationship, that's a whole different arena. Right. Cuz if I'm your friend and we have a relationship, then there are some things that 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 we do because we're friends and we know each other. But what we're talking about especially when we're talking about what's been going on over the last few months with exposing the Matt Lowers and everybody in the world. These are people in power that have positions of being able to maybe fire you, ruin your career, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So put yourself in our position if your boss is a male boss, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden he's interested in you. That's how we feel. Right. And if you're not leaning toward that and you're not sexually inclined to like men, mm-hmm. that's what women feel like when there's somebody that has power over them, that's bigger, stronger than them, that's a stranger, right. that that maybe you're on an elevator with and all of a sudden you're there and this person is, is that's how we feel. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we want you to be able to grasp and to understand. It's not the fact is what's inappropriate or, or how do I hit on a woman again? Put yourself in a position if somebody that's in power over you does that to you. That's all we're asking for. I, uh, I agree totally. See, my thing is the difference between sexual assault and sexual harassment I don't think a woman should be patted on her butt, period. I don't think a man should be rubbing up against a woman. I don't think any, to me, any physical contact in a sexual nature is sexual assault. Your boss doesn't have to rub up to you to let you know your job's on the line. So so take away the fact if he touches you or not. The fact that he says, Jesse, I'd like you to come over and and work tonight. And he comes out with a towel on. Mm -hmm. He ain't touched you yet. Right. Okay. So so all I'm saying is this is what I need you to understand. Mm -hmm. That it's, it's a power thing. It's exactly. an aggressive exactly. thing, whether they touch you or sure. not. Yeah, it's not about sex, though. It's about power. It's all about power. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. That's, that's to, me, to me, anytime you're using any type of force, whether it's physical force, mental force, any kind of force like that, to me, is wrong. But, but where I get hung up at, though, is what is, what, what is acceptable. You know, it's telling a woman she got a nice butt. That ain't acceptable. But, 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 but here's the point, though. There are a lot of women that, that, that likes that. No, they don't. You know, you might think that, but no, I, I would be very surprised. Honestly, I, I think well. a lot of women don't, you know, particularly in the workplace. And the workplace is very difficult because well, yeah, it's someone's I livelihood. Yeah. But I think for a lot of women, they're just going to let it slide because you sometimes pick and choose your battles. And if it's just a comment, if it's somebody you're not going to see a lot, I think a lot of women do let that slide. But that doesn't mean they like it. Don't don't think that. Oh yeah, I really would. don't think that. 
I would strongly and, and encourage this is against a, is, as I well. think this is a learning opportunity for all of America mm-hmm. right now is we are learning. We ask, we're asking yeah. those questions. We're having the conversation, and we're learning. Yeah. I think that that's a good thing for us right now is to, be, is to ask. Ask and learn. Well, what if you watch a woman walking across the floor? You t- staring at her. Is that is Did that harassment? Teach you it's impolite to stare. Yeah. But I'm gonna oh, do it. Well. <laughs> but, but as a man, <laughs> men aren't exempt from that. You so, gotta wear dark sunglasses. It, it makes women uncomfortable. Yeah. I think it makes women uncomfortable. Yeah. So, so, really even if she's advertising, Jesse. She never does. This thing is advertising. So Jesse, let's let's, 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 let's go here. Well, Help him more. <laughs> I'll very quickly. I, I want to expand upon something that Sally said is with, with regard to the workplace. So myself, I work in, in the uh, food service industry. I'm a waiter. I'm a bartender in various places. And if there could, so I obviously my job is customer relations. It's to establish rapport with people, to build relationships, develop regulars, you know, things like that. That's that's my livelihood. So. In the course of any table or the course of being behind the bar, I meet people, talk to them, get to know them. That's what I do. And so if I happen to then in that process become attracted to someone, I have to, I, when I was single, now that I'm not, um, I would have to ask myself and, and also pull myself back because me, I'm, I'm on the clock. I'm at work and there's appropriate behavior at work and there's appropriate behavior outside of work. So me being on the clock, I have to say, well, I'm at work. And if this doesn't go well, if I offend her, by asking her out, asking for a number, that's a very bad thing just for my livelihood and my job and for my occupation. So just just to be clear, I agree with you wholeheartedly. There are two different standards at the workplace and outside of the workplace just because there are different expectations when you're at obvi- – there are different expectations at the workplace as an employee than outside. Now, obviously, that's assuming in both scenarios you don't cross any lines or break any laws. Um, so, but to the to the point of advertising and and, and making women uncomfortable. A friend of mine in Milwaukee she she shared an article with me that if if it matters, it was written by a man um, talking about trying to enlighten men to the 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 perspective into the um what's the best way to to word this we'll, we'll go with perspective for time's sake uh, of women in today's society well, i guess women throughout history now and what i'm about to say is not meant to demean women and say that they aren't strong it's just meant to to uh speak to as sherry mentioned the powerlessness that women can feel and experience in certain situations so uh and the article talked about for example um just imagine your sister, she's walking out of a bar and it's, it's 1 a.m. and there's a guy behind her and she has to stop and think to herself, whether it be for a split second or, or for, a, for a length of time, hey, do I have to fight for my life in this situation? Or if it came down to it, could I overpower this man if he tried to overpower me? Could I physically win this situation? Or would I lose every single time? Now, like I said, that's not meant to demean women or say that they are weak, but it's just it speaks to. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, women, please. But it speaks to a, a collective mentality. Yes, so it speaks to a collective mentality. So it is our responsibility as men to, in any situation, make women, especially with regards to this conversation, but everybody comfortable. I mean, just just. From from the purest notion of decency and respect as human beings, you shouldn't strive or do anything to make anybody uncomfortable. That's disrespectful, just, just at a base level. Then you take it to the heightened level and to the next echelon of sexual uh, assault, 
uh, which is such a vile, vile thing. Sexual misconduct, sexual harassment to 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 then impose that upon someone else's. You, you have to be mindful. Is what I'm doing making could it just not even is it could it be making them uncomfortable? How could it be perceived? And if, and if it could be perceived negatively, is it even worth the risk? I, I think every single time it's not. I think people know. I think you know very well when you've crossed the line. Mm-hmm. So is I don't even think you have to, to grapple with that. It's just something you know. And, and not knowing how different people feel, why take that chance? Well, you know, really- like you're saying, I think that any time you, in, even in your head, wonder, well, gosh, maybe, then that, you're, that should be telling you, uh-uh, I, I can't say this, mm-hmm. I can't do this, because it isn't right. And I, I, I know women, I think, have made tremendous progress. And in the last three months, I mean, how many women have had the courage to come out is amazing. And I've heard people say, well, what, years ago, let it go. I'm like, no way. What's to stop a person from continuing if they're, you know, if they're never called out on it? Exactly. But here's, 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 and I see y'all are seeing this mostly from a different way than than what I'm seeing. Like I said, he's in a relationship. I think, I don't know what you're in a relationship. Both y'all are female. And I see it especially in the summertime. I mean, if you got a woman with some hot, hot pants, a low-cut halter top out there parading in front of you, I mean, to tell me not to look, I mean, I, 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 uh, those are, and those are the type. And, and this is not a this is not a, an exception to the rule. I mean, I see it. I go to Kroger's at the grocery store, laundromat, walking up and down the street because I walk the streets a lot, and you see it all the time. And now to tell me when that, that's why when I say advertise, that's what I mean by advertise. She's showing. If you show me something, I'm not supposed to look at it. That's what I, I, I can't necessarily agree with that. Question, Jesse. Uh, my question is: So you said uh, if if she's wearing hot, hot pants, well, I guess today's if she's wearing yoga pants, which is what applies to today. If she's wearing a tank top that she's advertising, how do you know that she is advertising for you? Don't get hung up on the word advertise. I mean, showing what I'm, what I'm advertising. I mean, she's putting it out there in front of me. Do you have? Do to I look? have the? Do I have the? I, if she has the right to wear it, which she does, mm-hmm. I have the right to look. Do you, but I, okay, okay. Naturally, just because the physical capability of the human body, you, you're able to look. We get that. I, no, I have but the right to look. You have the right to look. Okay, I, I, I'll, I'll lend you that as well. But should you look? And also, the question is, why do you look? I look at it because if somebody comes down with a nice looking car, I'm going to look at it. To be, I'm talking about when they put it out there like that, it becomes an object. You're not blind. An object. No. An I, object. I said when they, I said when they put it out, I, I said it. Be, I didn't say she. I said yeah. it. I mean, you I can say look, it becomes an object, not you, she. But it becomes you, an object. Do you need to stare? Do you need to follow? Do you need to elbow the person next to you? Do you, do you need, need to point? To say, I like your do you big need butt. to whistle? No. Do you need to yell things? No, I mean, no. I mean, there's ways of like look and we're not blind. We see Dwayne Johnson. We know how <laughs> Denzel Washington looks, but we're not going to look at them and, and be inappropriate. There's just a way of doing everything. And as far as the dating scene, you know what still works? Hi, I'm Jesse. Would you like to go out for a cup of coffee? That works that every does time. does still work. True crime lovers are always looking for new and engaging content. The Already Gone podcast covers stories from Michigan and the Great Lakes region. Cases you haven't heard before, like the Mayo Hunters or the murder of 16-year-old Justin Mello, plus better-known cases like the death of Jane Bashara and Illinois' own Lori Dan. Already Gone started in 2016, so there is a big back catalog for you to enjoy. 
Find Already Gone on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, or your favorite podcatcher. Yeah, I know a lot of people been married 50, 60 years, and they would have been married at the age of September the first time. They could, it's, it's not even harassment to ask more than once. But there, you know when somebody's uncomfortable and when you're harassing them. Because especially if you're talking to black women, we know how to back you off. So you're not going to be any doubt that they're not interested or they haven't been offended. And you know that. No, not all the time, Sherry. I'll tell you that. We're we, we talking about 50 some years of experience. <laughs> I know, I mean, I still, buy, I still go by the no means no. Yeah, we taught no, our well, daughter right. no means no. Yeah. But I, I still think, you know, with, with particularly young women in college, I think they need to carry mace. I mean, it's a terrible thing to say, but I do. Yeah. I think they need to have something because it is attacks are so prevalent yeah, on the college I agree with campus. That. Yeah, that I don't, they I don't, need I don't, some yeah. kind of protection. Yeah. I really do. Sexual assault is a no-no. I mean, any it's, kind of, any kind of force mm-hmm. is a no-no. I mean, that's, that's, to me, it's automatically. And I think what's important about today is the fact that we're having this conversation and, and we're really saying, because I grappled with, um, with Al Franken, per, to be f- perfectly honest. And part of it was because he's a progressive senator, and I think he was doing a great job. But when you have eight woman, women coming out saying that you've been appropriate— We've got to just say it's unacceptable, whether you it's somebody you like, whether it's, you know, somebody you agree mm-hmm. with. The truth is just the truth, and there has to be consequences. And people say, well, does he need to lose his job? I think we're struggling with how do we manage that what right it, now. What are, what are the new consequences? Are there new consequences? Because people I think who so. had jobs for, for many years um, and were respected, and some of us were surprised by Frank and, and some, right. some of the others. Uh, where, what, what is the consequences now going forward? I think forward? the new consequences are that there's going to be zero tolerance because I mean Matt Lauer was powerful, yeah. and for them to come out and say you know we've had to fire him, and I think it started with O'Reilly. It started with the, what's the guy that died from Fox, you know, and it's and it's gotten to the place where women have gotten really emboldened, and I think. There's a dollar sign, too, because people have paid a lot of money out because of these lawsuits. So I think corporations and businesses are saying this is bad for business. But I'm telling you, and I know Sally can attest to that, that we have been in the workforce, and it has been something where people have just ignored and turned their head. It When you went in, you said, you know, I'm kind of uncomfortable or with this Or the woman's guy. been, been the vic- you know, victimized Or you become, further. right, you start victim-blaming. Mm-hmm. Yes. So— there's a whole new dynamics going on now. Jesse, yeah, I just want to ask a question. At what point, especially with all the hullabaloo going on now with the men doing all the stuff now, at what point does the man lose the benefit of the doubt? Or should he ever give him the benefit of the doubt? If it's the first one, should he be given the benefit of the doubt? If it's the second one, at what point does he lose that benefit I of the doubt? I think particularly for some of the prominent people, there have been multiple incidents. And mm-hmm. I, I guess... I think to myself how difficult it is for those women to come forward and admit that they let this happen and didn't do anything. That's a hard thing to admit. That's, you know, I think that's, it's humiliating for a lot of the women. It's degrading. It brings up, you know, a very difficult experience. They're living it publicly. I don't see a lot of incentives for women to come forth. I don't know why anybody would be dishonest about that. So your point is no... First one. No, that isn't what I'm saying. I'm saying that in these cases, it hasn't been, I don't think, very questionable. I think there have been so many people who've come forward, like it's been multiple people 
saying saying that you know it happened to me, it happened to me, it happened to me to the same person. You think they're all lying? I mean, see what I'm saying? Most of them that have been identified as predators have not denied it. Right. Now we've got the president and and Judge Moore, ex Judge Moore, I'll call him, but there's been a lot of evidence that they're lying. Yeah. So due process is never wrong. If, if someone's going to say, yesterday I got raped, there's a due process that they're going to go through. But we're talking about over a period of years, and all of this stuff is being exposed now. And these people know. They're admitting, yeah, I did it. I need to get some help. All of a sudden, they need yeah. some help. But there's not been very many that's denied it. And, and keep in mind, Jesse, I'm sorry, for the employer— they're, they could get a wrongful suit against them if they terminate someone wrongfully and, and it comes out that those weren't true. I mean, you know, I think they're being I think they are being careful and cautious. I don't think they're just on a whim saying, OK, let's fire this guy. I don't I don't see that happening. Right. So I have a question, Jesse. Is that question? Uh, are you asking for the the our judicial court system or the court of public opinion? Court of public opinion. I take you know, we're talking. I know about the multiple. I'm talking about take take Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill. That was a one on one. And guess who got victimized? Right, she got victimized. My point is, but the point is, I understand. I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying where does the benefit of the doubt, where does that start? Where does that happen at? I mean, is it there's no The first time, the mind. second time, the third time? It, it depends on each situation. Yeah. I mean, they're all different. And I bet if you told the truth, you believe Anita Hill, don't you? Yeah. I've always, you. I always did believe her. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, not anti-woman. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I believe in Anita Hill. I believe. Absolutely. I still believe it today. So, sure. Uh, your point. Yeah, but I'm just saying, what, what, especially, he didn't lose anything, though. She did. I mean, when right. She didn't really lose. She lost a lot of self Now I won't say Credibility. Self-esteem, I mean, they yeah. told her she yeah. But he still got, he's still on Supreme Court today. But I'm just saying, suppose it happened. But now we all know also that there are women that were you that use that use the sexuality against a man when they get mad at him too we can't we can't deny that fact that it doesn't happen and generally that's proven too yeah, yeah. it's that's, not that's, like they get away with that i and mean the, and the way to avoid that is just not be in that position you don't have to be in that position yeah. all the time yeah. because a, a woman I, i've had women call the police on me <laughs> to say i hit her and never touched her so I know it, it does happen. It could have just been when you said, oh, I like that big butt. No, they see you with another woman, they p- get pissed off. Excuse my language. But I mean, <laughs> I mean you know, when you're out there in the... In the, in the and, in but then at the end of the day, you got you got cleared of it. No, I just kept going. I stopped. I mean, they I, called the police. What happened? They called the police. They pulled you both. She had those scars. They told them, finally. There you go. Told you, go ahead. Or y'all stay away from each other. And so you know you yeah. was dealing with a, probably a, a troubled woman. You got to make better choices. I have a lot of time. <laughs> Like I said, when you we talk about fifty plus years, never had a committed relationship, so that's that's not unusual. That might be your problem. <laughs> it is fifty years that you haven't been in a committed. Never committed. Never oh, have. Jesus. But I always see another big butt walk across the floor. Lord <laughs> Jesus. All right. This is um, we, one of the things we talked about in the newsroom this morning, too. We had a good conversation with, but uh, one of, one of our uh, colleagues said, um, "Do we need a safe word that uh, that would?" So everybody would know, men, women. Once you hear that word, you've gone too far, or you're yes. getting close to being too far. It's it's getting a, too far. I, I, yes, we do. And I thankfully the English language already has one, and it's no. Thank you, stop. sir. But see, I don't yeah. think it's going to stop people if there's another special word. Exactly, because you know, he's absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Anybody who's going to do that anyway, that yeah. probably wouldn't stop them. Yeah, I totally agree. And also, I mean, that's another thing. A lot of women will tell you. Matter of fact, I have a lady friend now. We're together about 25, 30 years ago. We're still friends. She said no, and every time I, and she tell me today, 
The only reason she wanted to stretch it out, see how far I'd go, how long I would, how long she could, she could string me alone. She said because I was arrogant. Okay. So she go to liberally string me alone, and she did. Right. So, <laughs> so, so I, I, I hear that. I don't think that was harassment. That's just you and her playing some kind of game. I didn't know she was playing. Or her, just, but, her just wanting some more time. Right. Of course. No, no, no. There, I, 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 I'm, I, what I'm about to say doesn't debunk that, Jesse, but. That, for, for lack of a better term, that is the past. Am I correct? I mean, I just just being twenty two years old, the dating seems different these days. Yes, and as, as you know, you're still in it. So, what? How do we adapt going forward? I mean, one of the building blocks of life in order to be considered a living organism, you have to be able to adapt. That's just you have. To, that's just that's life. You have to be able to adapt as a living organism. So how do we adapt going forward? What is the what is the norm? What is today's status quo? And how do we need to change it going forward? I think that should be a focus. Well, let me ask you this question, Mo, since you are 22. Are you more interested what's between a woman's ears than you really are about her physical appearance? Don't you want to have somebody that you can have an intelligent conversation with? Because once you get past the attraction... Mm-hmm. If all you got is dumb as rocks, <laughs> yes. you're not going to stay interested anyway. So to answer your question, uh, un- undoubtedly, yes. So for, for, for me personally, I guess my, my, my own, uh, I guess, game plan, if you will, on, on a first date is I'd like to just the, there's only one question I want to answer on a first date is do I enjoy your company? Uh-huh. If it's, that's period, but but the first criteria and, and, and the first test that comes with with anyone that I consider dating is as a Christian is what is your relationship with God? All right. Because as the Bible speaks, uh, Paul does about being unequally yoked um, in a relationship. So for me, for me personally, in my beliefs, and I think you can apply that principle to whatever your religious or spiritual beliefs are. Um, it's being equally yoked, as is defined by the Bible, it's it's saying that regardless of where you are at in your walk with God. In your in your path of destiny, um, you, one of you could be farther along. You could have been a Christian longer than the other one. That doesn't matter. That's your that's your regardless. But what matters is that the two of you are moving towards God, are chasing after God with the same passion, the same intensity, the same velocity, if you will. As long as the two of you are moving at the same speed, you are equally yoked. So it's, your standards are: you wouldn't date anybody that wasn't Christian. Yes. Okay. That's first. Okay. Secondly, I have to be able to enjoy your company. Because me, I, I I love my own company. I like my alone time. You're probably playing the, the saxophone. I, I do. And I like I like going to the movies at 2 in the afternoon and catch an empty theater and it's just me. I love my alone time. So then I, I then have to be able to enjoy your company equally as much, if not more so, than my own. And then third, third, I guess third, would be how physically attracted am I to you? Being, me being physically attracted to you might get you to date two and three, but it won't get you to date four. I can guarantee you that. So you and I are different on that. Physical, tra- physical attraction is usually number one with me. I mean, and, and we're talking about, so we, 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 Bo and I mm-hmm. usually are coming from, I'm, I'm coming from yeah. the street level. Because that's where I spend most of my time in the street. Mm-hmm. And, this, and this is what I see mostly out there in the street. See, right. the attitude you're talking about now is not a street attitude. I mean, the rap music and Fine all that kind shoot. of okay, stuff rap. like that. Hip hop culture, yeah, okay. right? It's not, and this is what I see mostly. Mm-hmm. And I, that second, that, that the physical attraction will get you four, five, six, seven dates with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just straight up with you. You know, and then, yeah, I like to have a conversation. And then I have a lot of lady friends now that I have this conversation. Why? Mm-hmm. Don't know no physical. Nothing. Then let me ask you this, Mister McGowan, because you are seventy now. You ain't twenty no more. <laughs> so did your physical attraction kind of? Did you level out? 
Are you looking at 50-year-olds? Are you still looking at 20-year-olds? No, and I've got to agree. Well, I only look at 20 I don't. That's all I do. I wouldn't, no. wouldn't date them if I had to. I mean, okay, no, okay. But no, that, that, but yeah, when it comes, <laughs> I didn't know what you was going to yeah. say. No, the, physical, the, physical, the physicality in that is not as much as it okay. because As women get older, a lot of the uh, the body parts are not as they always have been. But so you don't do as much physical now as you do, but it, it, it still it, it still has a part in it, though. Yeah, I mean, you, I love to look at, at, at pretty pretty ladies. I'm not I'm not going I'm not going to deny that. I love looking at pretty ladies. I will sometimes stare, especially if 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 if, if she's you know doing dressed in a certain way that that's going to cause me to stare. Yes, I'm going to stare. I, I'll be honest with you. I will stare at you. I, I, well, Jesse, I think what what what, what you're saying kind of lends to our, our current predicament and, and the reason why we're having this conversation. I, I think it's the the hyper sensuality and the hypersexuality in this society where physical, physical, physical is all that matters. It's this, that's that uh, lust, 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 body, 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 and that's first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. So, so my question to you is: Do you think that that system? Where physical comes first, that's what you value most. Well, actually, do you value? So, are you saying you value the physical most in women? If I'm just looking for, uh, 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 don't say it. Just for a date, casual, casual, yes, casual date. Yeah, but if I'm looking, well, I can't say I've never looked for a long-term relationship. I've never been engaged. I've never been attempted to be engaged. I've never looked for a long-term relationship. So, could could you indulge me? Because uh, I've always said that the shallow end of life is overpopulated and overrated. So let's go deeper. So say about a a significant relationship and a significant other that you that you are looking to spend the rest of your life with, or a significant portion of your life with. Does physical still come first? I, I couldn't put myself in that position. Never been there. Never thought about being there. My mother told me something a long time ago when I was young. She said, "You would never get married." It's something that she saw. I was still a teenager then. Okay. And I don't know. I don't know what she thought, but as I, I mean, it, it didn't register me until I got older. Right. I, somebody asked me why you never been married. I said, "I don't know." My mother told me that. Okay. So, so then, to, in response, so if not for you, then what about the kids that you mentor? Would you well, advise the, them yeah, that physical yeah. comes first? No. No, okay. no. Matter of fact, I tell a kid before you get before you even think about having a baby, be married. Okay. No, I mean my thing is I never teach people to be like I am because okay. it only works for me. But no, I believe in shipping. But we got too many illegitimate births out there in, in our in the hood. No, kid, kid, young okay. kids. You got kid, kid, eleven, twelve, thirteen years old out there getting pregnant. That's to me. That's 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 unconscionable. Well, I want to get let the uh, women have the last say here and uh, give us your thoughts on where we go next and. Um, your thoughts? Where, where, where should we go? I think we've made a lot of progress. I really, really do. But I still think that there's clearly work to be done, and particularly for women in some some job occupations, say waitresses, those types of things. I, I mean, they are getting harassed by someone. Teased. So what do they do? Do they shut them down, lose their tip, lose their income? Yeah. I mean, there's just sometimes some hard choices for women. I really think that's the case. And I think there's a lot of stereotypes that just continue. You'll be in a boardroom, and it'll be the woman who's asked to get the coffee and to take the notes and to play the secretarial role instead of to lead the meeting. And um Truly, I feel like I personally have had a lot of, of great opportunities. I feel like I've, I've been able to, to break through that. But a lot of women haven't. And I, I think sometimes women are each other's worst enemies on mm-hmm. things. You know, for example, for women who, who might choose their career when they have children to stay in their career, there's a lot of judgment there. And I think we just need to particularly empower each other as women to encourage each other and to help educate men and to to 
have the courage that if someone is inappropriate or saying inappropriate things to speak up and not necessarily to be rude or mean, but to educate, to say, you know, I, I really, I don't appreciate that, you know, and, and the, the say, if it's as simple as, well, I really like your sweater. Well, what are you really saying there? And, and I think for women, and it might seem innocent enough, but, but that can be kind of uncomfortable, you know, knowing someone's where they're looking, what they're doing. And I think that men need to be aware of that. And, and often, if they are, don't always care. And, and maybe if women were had the courage to speak up more and to educate. And, and I think men, too. Men need to listen. When someone says no, they mean no. When, when you're seeing someone, don't assume she wants you to stare at her or to leer or to make inappropriate comments because you might think that that's something they like to hear. Rethink that. And I think um, <laughs> that we have to be very intentional. I think... In the workplace, I think the same way we had to address racism and the other isms that we've been grappling with. I've used that word three times today. But um, all these different isms are learned behaviors, and we have to we have to be very intentional about saying what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And I think men have to hold each other accountable. I think, you know, when when they're saying and they said, you know, look at this this chick or something, we say, you know, man, that ain't cool because your fathers, your brothers, your husbands, your sons. And so we, you just have to understand, for me, ra- racism and uh, sexism, they, they interlope. And I find myself in the position as a black woman sometimes, you know, feeling like I'm always having to be on guard and I'm always fighting against those attacks. And sometimes both of them come from black men or they come from white women. And so as a black woman, it's, it's, it just seems like in 2017, we just have to be, we have to want to do better. We have to broaden our experience as as raising women up to become bosses and to have more power and have more authority. It makes no sense to me that in this century that, you know, we have a half dozen women still running our country in elective offices and stuff. So as a country and as a people, I think you start, we start locally, but we we just have to change all of that. We have to realize that we're over 50% of this country and that we need to be in positions of power because I think that when you have it's so lopsided, you're looking from a lopsided lens and you don't really even see or, or really appreciate what you're losing out by not taking advantage of all the, the wisdom and the knowledge and the strength that women bring. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for listening. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.